0: back.
1: Chelsea? Say Andy. Welcome to Hugging and Learning, the podcast where we talk about very special episodes from the past and see what, if anything, they have to teach us today.
2: Golly, Chelsea, today we're looking <laughs> at Leave It to Beaver. G.
1: Wilkers, yes we are.
2: Shucks. Uh, the episode is called Beaver and Andy. It's season three, episode 20. Its premiere was February 13th, 1960. It was written by the show creators, Joe Connolly and Bob Mosher, who would eventually go on to write the story. With a 1990s hit, Major Pain.
1: Wow. Yep. They have a, a, a fruitful partnership. Leave it to Beaver, Major Pain. <laughs> Chelsea,
2: fuck all that. Uh, <laughs> let's eat a goddamn snack. How about how about that up in your face?
1: Yeah. Let me tell you about this snack. I picked these up today. They are. Chase's Cherry Mash, and the packaging says that they are an American favorite since 1918. Good. The reason I picked them up is because I thought, well, if they've been around since 1918, this might be a snack that young men and boys would have eaten in the 1950s and 60s. Yeah,
2: And now, more than ever, we need to concentrate on America's favorites.
1: Yes. America's Uh, Favorites First. America's Favorites First. And they are made in St. Joseph, Missouri. They are just apparently have been hugely popular. So uh, let's check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, let me describe this candy for our, our listeners. Oh, at home. right, and blocked it out. The candy consists of a, a mound of chopped roasted peanuts mm. blended with chocolate coating over a smooth cherry fondant center.
2: It tasted like a cherry nightmare in my mouth. Then, <laughs> then every now and then, I'd hit like a cool puddle of chocolate i'd be like i'm saved and then cherry would be like no like <laughs> punch me back in the face
1: i'm sorry you have that experience because i really liked it
2: well you can have it
1: <laughs> i like um i like cherry flavored chocolate things though like i like those um um what are they called uh Cordials, those cherry cordials, yeah, 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 and those types of things. So I'm,
2: anything that's got like when you talk about assorted chocolates, mm-hmm. assorted confections, mm-hmm. uh, anything that's got the cream-based flavoring, you can you can die. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought you were going to say you can keep it, but you can in fact die, Monsieur,
2: is, uh... <laughs> Monsieur Whitman. <laughs> you are an abomination. <laughs> uh, you're not, but you know, I'll, I'll rather take them like. Crazy caramels and chocolate things. Let's talk about a goddamn episode of television, unless you have opinions about Whitman of Whitmer, Whitman Sampler Frame. I have
1: no opinions. I do have some background about the show Leave It to Beaver, however. Let's do it. The show ran for 235 episodes, six seasons. 19- if you had
2: said 235 seasons, I'd have been like, yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> six seasons from mm-hmm. 1957 to 1963. The name of the show and several of its characters, like June Cleaver, mm-hmm. Eddie Haskell, have become shorthand 50 years later for sort of evocative, stereotypical TV tropes, which doesn't always do justice to the actual way they're portrayed. I feel like June Cleaver, when you say some oh, she's a real June Cleaver character. Yeah. You picture someone who's sort of a mindless housework drone in heels and pearls, but she's actually not, when you watch the episodes, she's her own person. She's yeah. a better developed character than we remember, is what I'm trying to say.
2: It is important to remember that this is a late 50s show, and yeah. it goes into the 60s, so... It's a bit more progressive than you'd think on right. the surface.
1: But it does show a kind of insanely pristine, definitely whitewashed, almost preternaturally beautiful, calm version yeah. of the United States during that time period. Yes. Although some people have said... The show is shot through the point of view mostly of the youngest brother, Theodore, the beaver, Cleaver. Mm -hmm. So, of course, it would seem that way because he was a child and he didn't really understand darker things that were going on. This is a perfect example in this episode of where you see where his naivete kind of gets him in trouble. Sure. Quick trivia note because you know I had to go to mental floss. Sure. And the article, unfortunately, disappointingly, just called Six Things You Didn't Know About Leave it to Beaver.
2: Well, he couldn't even do six damn things. D-A-M. Six damn things you didn't know about the Beaver.
1: Or just like, gosh, six things you didn't know about shocks. It's very famously recalled that June Cleaver is always doing housework in pearls and heels and yes. people make fun of that. In the first season she wears flats and she only started um. wearing heels when the actress who played her son started to get very tall. Uh, okay. And so they asked her because they wanted the parents to appear taller than the sons. So sure. she started wearing heels in season two and she wore the pearls at her own request to cover a surgical scar on her throat. Oh. So,
2: wait a second. Let yeah. me ask you this. I don't know if this mentioned it in the Mental Floss article, mm-hmm. but if you take off those pearls, does her head fall off?
1: I mean, they didn't say that, but I assumed.
2: And then she looks at you and go, "Why?" Why did you do that? No,
1: then she's just dead. Like, that's how that story ends. It's, is it? Yeah, the head falls off and no, the person's No, scary dead. stories to
2: tell in the dark yeah. always ended with, like, the, the heads going,
1: Barrr. Oh, the particular one with the green ribbon, which is the one that I thought you were referring to, where the girl falls in love with the boy and she always wears a green ribbon around her neck. And, and
2: like, their wedding night and he's like,
1: whoop. No, no, no. She's on her deathbed and she's like, now nah, you can take it off because he's been asking for years and her head just rolls well, off. That's not very dramatic.
0: I think we all know that she takes the necklace off and turns immediately into a very, very frail old...
1: Cool. And Um,
2: dies. mm -hmm.
0: Dies in the cold.
2: Uh, That would have been amazing. uh, No spoilers.
1: Well, we like to give spoilers for shows that are 50 plus years old or three seasons old,
2: or falling apart at (laughs) the (laughs)
1: seams, or have taken such a significant downturn in quality that no one cares if you spoil Uh, it. We
2: we do. We do spoilers for shows that have already spoiled themselves. (laughs) Uh, So um, (laughs) yes, do you have more more trivia facts about? Just
1: one thing that I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, There was an internet rumor because, of course, there is. There have been a million mm-hmm. that Jerry Mathers the kid that played the beaver died in Vietnam that was a <laughs> oh big that was a big internet rumor sure in fact he didn't but it <laughs> seems that the kernel of this legend is that he applied to join the marines they wouldn't let him join during vietnam because of very prominent former NFL star had just been killed in action sure. and they were afraid if Beaver from Leave it to Beaver died in Vietnam yeah. that the press fallout would be so terrible that they would lose support for the war more lose more support for the war yeah so they didn't let him enlist
2: and they didn't let him enlist and the Vietnam War is the most popular war ever.
1: you're right and everyone knows that that's what turned the tide of mm. public opinion against the Vietnam War they
2: won't let Beaver fight us
1: <laughs> maybe we need to rethink this Viet Cong <laughs>
2: I was curious as to why, how he got the nickname Beaver.
1: Yeah, I want to know this. I didn't bother to look this up. I
2: I didn't until right now. The finale, uh, the writers invented an explanation for the nickname.
1: They didn't explain it until the finale?
2: Uh, Not until the finale. Uh, And what they said is, as a young child, Wally, Beaver's older brother, mispronounced Beaver's given name, Theodore, Mm -mm. as Tweeter. Mm -mm. And this became Beaver.
1: Nope. Better to just say he had two big teeth. Yeah, that's what I would have thought. That doesn't make any sense at all, because Theodore becomes Teddy, Mm -hmm. which sounds nothing like Beaver. Even Tweeter doesn't sound like Beaver. Nope.
2: Here's what you do, is in the finale, you would be like, yeah, you know what? Anytime you haven't seen Beaver on camera, he's actually eating, like chomping on a log.
1: (laughs) Also, it clearly just rhymes with Cleaver. Like that's, they just wanted to call the kid Beaver Cleaver. Yep. They could have then named him something like B- Bertram or something. That- Bertram Cleaver. No, more. <laughs> it's <laughs> me, Bertram Cleaver. Well, Welcome aboard my railroad. Well, clearly that's why you have to call him, you have to call him, uh, Beaver, Sure. Because you can't have a five-year-old Bertram Cleaver.
2: Yeah, you ain't calling him Waldorf being <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's
2: Wally. And, uh, I really thought that this episode was going to be a great, like, boy, some 1960s show takes on alcoholism, and I bet mm-hmm. they fuck it all up.
1: Yeah, it's important to note that we've done alcohol-based episodes before, but it's always, they've always been about teen drinking. This yeah. is the first Adult alcohol based yeah. episode we've done.
2: And I think, like, last, uh, the Kimmy Gibbler thing we did, Kimmy's out. It's, the episode says Kimmy is out of control with alcohol. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, once. Right. That's basically what the subject is here now. But this also, as far as I can tell, the episode also deals with trauma and ptsd and substance abuse
1: i just want to go back quickly to a point that you made before uh about how this episode is different from other alcohol-based episodes that Mm -hmm. we've talked about in 1980 the american psychiatric association divided what was formerly called alcoholism into two distinct categories alcohol abuse which is what we've seen on previous episodes where uh one time some teenager usually goes off the rails and alcohol dependence, which is when you have withdrawals, you build up your tolerance, you have yeah. an uncontrollable drive to drink, which is what we're dealing with this episode. So before we've dealt with alcohol abuse, and now we're going to deal with alcohol dependence.
2: We're looking at substance abuse in relation to it as well, which, you know, it it's not just the one time you do a thing. It's needing something to self-medicate or cope. PTSD is often attributed to, you know, war. But more and more people are understanding that PTSD comes from traumatic events. Mm-hmm. And while our healthcare system is already pretty complicated and it's a little difficult to get health care, one of the other problems that we all face is that there is such a stigma around mental health. Mm-hmm. We're looking at that in the 1960s when it could have been better for everyone, but it's still not great. Yeah. Um, Trauma and abuse from men isn't discussed. Not discussing it is a sort of masculinity or is mm-hmm. you know suggested as a sort of masculinity. Men are portrayed in the media as drinking alcohol instead of getting in touch with their feelings or as a way to cope. You've uh, just
1: described the plot of every episode of Mad Men.
2: And then sometimes it's also treated as a joke.
1: Yes. I found a great article in the Atlantic from 2012 that talks about how I'm just going to quote it. Television saw the comedy and drunkenness long before it saw the tragedy. Yeah, The stock character of the town drunk has been a source of amusement, ridicule and scorn for centuries, you know, going back to the time of Shakespeare. And the small screen was once no different it started or the greatest early example would be Otis Campbell on the Andy Griffith show who was the town drunk, and they made a joke about him in every episode now around the time that this episode aired in the 60s it hadn't quite shifted, but the tide was beginning to turn where it was like, oh, maybe if there's a person who can't help but be drunk in public all of the time, yeah. that person is not actually funny, Yeah, but may need help or at the very least may be worthy of some sort of like empathy or even, you know, or pity or whatever. But just like, maybe we stop making jokes about the guy who can't help but be drinking out of a paper bag all the Absolutely.
2: time. Absolutely, Or, you know, remove the stigma in this episode. Certainly, we're looking at people who can't even say the words. Right.
0: <laughs> let's so, get into yeah, the, let's, the uh, ordinary let's, world.
2: Boy, and there has never been a more ordinary world. The most vanilla ordinary world. So, I, I wrote down here, sure, it looks like it's in black and white, but it's in black and mostly white. It's
1: in white. White
2: and, <laughs> In and grayish. White. And an acceptable level of life.
1: <laughs> Older brother Wally, letterman in all existing sports, <coughs> sure. comes downstairs and tells his mother he's going to shoot baskets and then maybe to the movies.
2: He's got a whole like backstory that I couldn't care about. He's like, I'm going to go shoot baskets. But then if we get the money that we're owed right. from this one guy, then we'll go to right. the movies. See?
1: Right. I think it was meant to set up the contrast of when his younger brother comes downstairs, he's just like, I'm going to go mess around outside. Yeah. Like he <laughs> just doesn't give his whole itinerary. No and. It- and- and the sort of, like, pre-existing conditions that it hinges on.
2: Yeah. But
1: then he says this oh, thing yeah. where he's like, if my lady friend calls, tell her... Mary Ellen Rogers. Mary Ellen Rogers, that I'm slightly mad at her, but not so mad at her that she gets sore about it. And her, his mother's like, what? And then dad comes in and says, oh, I completely understand. Oh, Wally
2: says, because she's a girl, you know how it is.
1: Yeah. And, and dad's wrote, like, yep. I wrote down yep. here,
2: go ahead, Chelsea.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> I was just like... Uh, well, I like how confused June gets because she says, Why can't boys and girls just be honest with each other? And I wrote, Sigh.
0: I've, I feel I've found like this, this way more insidious. We are no
1: closer to I, It's just all about like mind games, like make her think I'm slightly mad at her. I have a little pet. It's not even a pet theory. I just remember June Cleaver very differently than she actually is in this Me show. Me For sure. She's much more smart alecky. She puts her foot down. She. It's clear that she expects her husband to like help with housework because mm. we see him drying dishes later. And I just was kind of like, the home is her sphere, mm-hmm. but she is a hundred percent in charge here
2: i might be mushing her and donna reed together yeah or i might have assumed since i'm not really well versed on leave it to beaver i think this is maybe the third episode i've ever seen i might have just assumed that "Eh, she's a house mom from the 50s yeah she's a dormant donna reed
1: yeah but she's not so he says what do you want to change the system and she's just like Uh, Whatever, go to hell. Basically, she she keeps she keeps giving these glances at him, like I can't, I can't save you from yourself. Yeah, Um, that's a.
2: a That's the underlying thing in marriage. That
1: that happens multiple times in this episode, where she looks at him and she's like, "I guess you're gonna do what you're gonna do. I'll be here to say I told you so after you fuck this up."
2: You know, I didn't turn my speakers up loud enough. Maybe every time she leaves her husband, she goes.
1: May God have mercy on your soul. (laughs) So anyway, Beaver comes bounding (laughs) down the stairs. History will judge you harshly. (laughs) And he's no sooner told his mother is going to mess around in the yard than he gets out into the yard and he's singing a little ditty.
2: He's singing Oh My Darling in a creepy way. I know, look, I know I find kids creepy, but he looks like a harbinger of death.
1: You think oh Beaver is darling. the creepy person in this scene? No, no, no. I'm
2: saying it transfers.
1: Because I wrote in all caps, the creepiest creep in all creeped him approaches him on the sidewalk in front uh, of the house. That,
2: you are not wrong. I, I'm not. I'm not going to put it on a scale of who's creepy. I think right. they're it's all
1: not creepy a in their own way. But yeah. the music is also doing no favors to this sidewalk creep either, because sorry, the music but... is well, not the music. The Beaver is singing. The music in the in the oh, show yeah, is super creepy. It's super like, don't trust this guy as he walks up, and Beaver says, "Are you a friend of mine?"
2: <laughs> I know. Oh, you'll never make it. You're don't not gonna survive. Don't phrase it
1: that way, kid. That is opening the door for a kidnapper. Well, this is. Are you a friend is... of mine? And the creep says, "You might say that." Uh, I know.
2: <laughs> you might. This is just what Stranger Danger was in 1960, which was a three-step plan. (laughs) Uh, If a stranger talks to you, step one, stop. Step two, give them your undivided attention. (laughs) Step three, do whatever they say.
1: Yeah, ask open-ended questions. It'll be very easy for them to answer. Like, are you my friend?
2: If you follow all of these tips, they may take you for a ride.
1: (laughs) And give you candy. And now you'll have a new dad. Or a shallow grave. Nothing at all. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's real creepy. The creep asks if he can possibly talk to Ward Cleaver because he knows who Beaver is and he says, oh, I was friends with your dad when you were born. This coin thing. I remember, you know, I was working at a machine shop and I drilled a hole in a silver dollar and gave it to your dad for you. And Beaver's like, I still have that. I'm not allowed to spend it. And I was like, good luck. Spending a silver dollar with a hole in a kid
2: is this a thing that people do?
1: No, I think it well, maybe I don't know what people did for babies born in the 50s, but I, I think it's I just a they'd sweet, still be doing sort it in of Louisiana. We haven't seen a silver dollar in Louisiana. <laughs> um, the thing is that it isn't clearly presented, but I assumed I don't know how big this town is that they live in. Yeah, he's around, he's always been around, like yeah. he lives in town. He's known the Cleavers since before Beaver was born. Mm-hmm. He hasn't gone anywhere. He's he, just like the town creep.
2: Yeah. They later mentioned that he has come over to do handiwork previously. Right.
1: Before Beaver can remember. Yeah. He's like, Can I can I possibly talk to your dad? And and so Beaver goes, okay. And he walks in and, and
2: he starts singing, Oh my darling.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's oh, not my great. Darling. It's not great when a creep
2: picks up your song. Oh my darling. Stab! stab stab a boy what's up that's terrifying it's, I, I mean I it's agree. already a
1: song that ends with death you don't have to add stab a boy it's on
2: somebody in a pond right
1: yep you are lost and gone forever in a pond in a pond <laughs> that was the ordinary world set up very quickly This is the call to adventure. The man says, can I possibly talk to your dad? Beaver goes inside and repeats verbatim. There's a man outside who wants to know if he can possibly talk to you. Mm. And this is where we set up the fact that Beaver will repeat verbatim anything anyone says in front of him. This is just an important thing to know about your kid, especially if you're going to try to conceal information from them later.
2: Much like... Vicky in Small Wonder, he aggressively misunderstands how to repeat things yep, back.
1: Yep, and quotes him out of context and gets in all kinds of shenanigans. But so. he's
2: not super strong, so he's worthless.
1: <laughs> right. Um so Ward Cleaver is all that must be Andy Hadlock. I haven't talked to him in years. And June Screeches. immediately. <laughs> immediately gives him this look, which is again like you're going to do this no matter what I say.
2: She's acting like this Andy Haddock is a goddamn vampire. She's like,
1: maybe don't. Well, he, well yes, but he does turn out to be like not a guy you want to remember your kids. Great. She he is never, like...
2: He never punches anybody throughout this entire oh, episode. that we see. That Oh, my God.
1: Um, but she <laughs> says... Maybe that's why
2: Beaver doesn't remember him <laughs> from his childhood.
1: They start to kind of argue-ish, but then she... Since she says Beaver, go back outside. Yeah. Um, so we don't get to hear what their uh, we don't get to hear the full scope of the argument, except that Joan literally tells Ward, "Do not get involved." But Ward uh, is like,
2: "I'm just gonna talk to him." And yeah. It's like, do they still have a past? <laughs>
1: right, yeah. <laughs> um, so Andy Hadlock.
2: Headlock? Are you Hadlock. saying headlock? Hadlock. It sounds like you're saying headlock, which I appreciate.
1: Andy Hadlock, Hadlock asks if he can be paid to paint the trim of the house. And he said he'll charge Ward the same as the other house, even though it's a bigger place.
2: This is this is that. We need to talk about this. <laughs> Andy, as a character and the actor doing choices about this character, he has two modes. Well, I'm doing just fine. and but i'm not doing fine at all. It's <laughs> yeah. just these we're just back and it's forth. It's all
1: in the eyes and the and the register of his voice. It is
2: emotional whiplash being like, <laughs> yes. well, "I could paint it any
1: color you like.
2: Don't you think I deserve a chance?"
1: <laughs> Andy promises he's real dependable with hmm. this loaded tone, the voice that tells us he's not real dependable. He's doing
2: he's trying to like cover all of the bases. He's like, "Oh, I'm I know what I'm doing. I have references. I'm a good guy and I'm desperate." Which is what I call Running the hobo's gambit
1: <laughs> This is the exchange That gets him the job I wrote it down verbatim Oh great Ward Cleaver What about your troubles? Uh. Andy Hadlock I haven't had that For five or six months Ward Cleaver When can you start? <laughs>
2: He does. He does constantly say, "You could call that other guy or that other guy." Right? And Warren's like, "I don't want to talk with those guys."
1: <laughs> and Warren's like, nah, I take your word for it." And then Beaver and all of us immediately want to know what Andy's trouble is. Yeah,
2: it's real weird, especially looking back on it now. It's like, holy shit, what horrible thing does this man do?
1: There's also, again, music that's kind of putting us on edge, underscoring this scene. So he's like, I'll go get my brushes. I'll be back after lunch. So
2: I sure do appreciate it. I haven't been doing well lately.
1: (laughs) This is Ward's uh, version of not getting involved.
2: (laughs) Getting involved. (laughs) Right.
1: So now we join the family having dinner that night, and we're firmly in the special world. The special world where a, quote, troubled person has entered the orbit of the Cleaver family. They do mm-hmm. not move normally in circles with troubled people. No. But here we are. They're too good for that. Yeah, they're too white for that. <laughs> um, so the family's having dinner that night, and we learn that Ward's girlfriend didn't call. Wally's Wall- and- and- girlfriend didn't call, and I... Don't believe she's real at this point or ever in this episode. And we also learn that the beeve has been hanging out with Andy all afternoon. And yeah. that Andy used to be a sailor. And he's going to teach the beeve to tie very complex knots. Ward needs June to approve of Andy so badly in this yeah. episode. He's constantly like, Andy's doing a real fine job with the house painting.
2: The just loves him.
1: And June responds with, for now.
2: And she goes, yeah, so Far.
1: Yeah, right? Which, I mean, she's just too this smart. She's just too smart for her family.
2: There's one exchange during this dinner scene that I found charming and stupid. It, Wally says, what color is Andy painting the house? I don't want to come home and not know where my house is. Yeah. Ha ha. And then it cuts to dad goes, ma.
1: <laughs> I noted that too. I was like, <laughs> like the right fake away. laughs are so, for- so forced. <laughs> it's
2: really... The intense stare really gives it away. But I
1: think that's also like a sick suburbs burn that they threw in there of everyone's got the Sears Roebuck houses and they're all exactly the same prefab house.
2: I get the idea that the writers are on a different level than the (laughs) actors of this show. (laughs) The actors are just their puppets to be like, we'll slip in as much as we can, folks. Yeah,
1: I thought that was a sick like suburbs burn. Well, he's got a... Yes,
2: so Beaver thinks Andy is super neat because he used yeah. to be a sailor. Keep that in mind. We're going to come yeah, back to that's it. That's
1: important. And uh, Wally remembers that Andy used to come around and work on the other house when he was a kid. And then all of a sudden, Andy didn't come around anymore. And the parents just exchange meaningful looks and say, yes, that's the same Andy. At this point, I'm thinking like
2: about my... Name. My name, because it keeps coming up, it- and people keep saying how <laughs> neat I am and how I know how to tie all sorts of knots, which is not true. How did your parents, because I tried to think back, and how did your parents address, like, not just, hey, don't drink and drive, or hey, don't drink until you're older, but how do they address the idea of, like, hey, don't don't become an alcoholic if you can help it.
1: I don't know that I ever had a conversation with my parents about alcoholism or substance abuse in the way of like, you know, you have to be careful of this. Cause it, I yeah. know some people have that where they're like, well, I know this runs in my family. So I'm going to be really careful about it. I never really had that conversation. Although I did have figurative parade of people showing up at our house, wanting to do odd jobs that happened through Uh-oh. my entire childhood. This was a constant, some strange man knocking on the door and saying, can I fix this? Can I do that? It happened all the time. My mom's standard response was go away and come back later. She wanted my dad to be there if sure. there was going to be a guy working on the house. Yeah, why not? But it happened all the time. I mean, it's just like if living in a small town.
2: Yeah. Well, what percentage would you say of those people became your very good friends? Was it 90%? That would be 0%? 100%? Uh, that would be 0%.
1: percent One zero zero percent Several of them... I got to know their names if yeah. they came around frequently, but no, That's 0% just... became my, my special friends that made me, uh, tied knots for me, etc.
2: Yeah. I I never
1: <laughs> sat outside and hung out with these men. And why would you? Yeah, right? Yeah,
2: nothing against this Andy fella. And I think the difference here is Ward knew him from a time ago. Right. But it's just, it's just so small town. doesn't make any sense. Yeah.
1: But Ward tells June, who's looking at him like, this can't, you know, this is not going to last. Ward tells June that Andy assured him he hasn't had any troubles in six months. And June's like, I won't have any of it around the boys. And yeah. then the parents are trying to talk in these veiled terms, and the boys are naturally curious, and they're absorbing all this like little blonde sponges. And we already know that Beaver can't be counted on not to just repeat verbatim whatever you say in front of him. Lord. So, Ward sends them out of the room.
2: So, next scene, or we are outside and Andy... Wait, before
1: we get there, sure. my favorite line of the sea of the whole show. Yeah. That The boys go into the kitchen and they know their parents are talking about something they're not allowed to hear and Beaver says to his older brother what do you think Andy's troubles are and Wally says must be something pretty neat if they don't want him to do it around us yeah It's good kid logic
2: also earlier Beaver says I thought his problems was that he spilled paint on himself Yep.
1: Womp, womp. so
2: we're outside and Andy is telling Beaver about being a sailor uh, but he's making things up like a crazy old coot. yep He's like, oh, one time the fires froze, and we had to use a blowtorch.
1: Yeah, it's getting real uh, Paul Bunyan-style tall tale around here.
2: Beaver asks if Andy is still going to make him a monkey's hand, and Andy's like, no, no, it's a monkey's fist. (laughs) Not better. Not better. <laughs> not better. Uh
1: Also, the damn music has sure calmed down. Now they're playing music that's <laughs> like, you're supposed to be charmed by these. Everything's going tales. good. Tales, yeah. June calls the beeve inside and Andy tells him, always do what your mother says. Oh,
2: he says, always do what your mother says. Like, that would solve everything <laughs> right, in Andy's Right, I just listened to my mother. <laughs> Boy. She was like, she distinctly said, do not become an alcoholic. And I was like, oh, yeah? I was
1: like, screw you, mom. I'll show you. So then, of course... Beve looks at Andy and goes, mom and dad say you got troubles, Jesus but I don't Christ. think there's anything wrong with you at all. This hurt my heart. <laughs> and the laugh track kicks up.
2: Well, this little kid is like, my mom and dad talk about how horrible you are, but I don't think you're that horrible. <laughs> and it's like, all right. So, and then the next moment Andy stands up and he's like, it's the music and just the tone sort of makes us want to think that it's a hopeful situation because Andy walks over dumps out his whiskey, and then tosses the bottle there. All right, buddy.
1: Yeah, he's got a mostly gone bottle of whiskey. Yeah. I mean, there's just like a sip and two or two left in it. He takes it out of his back pocket and then tosses the empty glass bottle after he dumps it out into the flower bed. Amateur move, dude. They're definitely going to find that. Yeah, and how about just don't be a
2: dick? How about, <laughs> how about just not littering?
1: I think we're supposed to glean from this that he wants to... See himself as Beaver sees him. He wants to be the person that Beaver thinks he is. Sure. And so he shouldn't drink anymore. So he dumps out this whiskey. Yeah. So just keep that in mind because it doesn't really track with what comes next.
2: No, not really. So um, so next up, we're in the garage and Wally and Beaver putting away the paints and Soaking the brushes.
1: And of course, Beaver has already found the empty bottle. Yeah. Um. Like immediately.
2: Because it's, he spends uh, 70% of his life in this yard.
1: Right. <laughs> it's when so true. This is the artist's whole world. Yeah,
2: he knows, the, he knows the comings and goings of the front yard.
1: Yeah, and he says Andy must have gone home early today, which I feel like I was misled by the previous scene of Andy pouring liquor out. I feel like if Andy had taken a sip of the liquor and then we hear he's gone home early, that would track. I don't... But it's like, why do you go home early if he poured the liquor out Then he wasn't drinking?
2: Well, I think that what we're supposed to 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 assume is that he's been drinking this whole time and now he's quit. And he quit first thing in the morning and now he's got the shakes or DTs or, or that sort of thing. Yeah.
1: I'm just confused about the timeline. It's this. not great.
2: Yeah. Ward later on is like, well, he's an older man, you know,
1: he's not, yeah, blah, he's blah, not blah, blah, as young as he used to be. Ward is just making excuses right, left and center. And June's like, whatever you want to tell yourself, buddy. So um, this is, this is
2: where I, uh, on the, whatever it's, Viewing of this caught this uh, where Beaver is talking about how neat Andy is. That's a common theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he says he was a real sailor on a ship that was in the war, and he got hit by bullets and sunk, and some other guys rescued him. And I was like, oh, that's not fun. Yeah. So it sounds like based on the age and and uh, the description of planes and things like that later, it sounds like Andy was in World War II uh, yeah. in the Pacific Theater of World or, War II. When
1: was the Korean War?
2: It would be later.
1: It was later. Okay. So it has to be World War Two. He doesn't he specifically says he doesn't know what war.
2: Yeah, they, they being talked about. Yeah, they make a weird joke about like, it must be World War One, but that's ridiculous. Yeah. Andy would have to be 100 years old.
1: Um, so then there's also my second favorite line of the show. This empty bottle has been found and Beaver says, what is this? And Wally positively IDs it as whiskey, which, yeah. Wally, can we talk about what you're doing on the weekend?
2: Oh, but only after he says, maybe it's turpentine. And Beaver goes, this doesn't smell like turpentine. <laughs> Beaver, can we talk a little
1: bit here? <laughs> my younger brother drank turpentine ah. when he was about five because he thought it was coke and had to have a stomach pumped. Yeah, that's a common theme: kids and turpentine. Hmm. I bet the beef drank turpentine. Had to have a stomach pumped.
2: I bet the beef, hey, beef drank turpentine and did not get a stomach pumped. And that's why he has a fundamental <laughs> that's misunderstanding. That's why he'll never grow things.
1: taller than he is right now. Um, Can
2: I go to Vietnam, please? You're only two feet tall, son.
1: <laughs> um, but then the beef says, "Why do people drink whiskey? It smells so bad." And Wally says, "Well, ups. Have a harder time having fun than kids do. <laughs>
2: sure, it's not. You're not hundred percent. Not incorrect.
1: Wrong. Not incorrect. Let
2: me be honest with you. It is a little bit tougher.
1: Easier to have fun when you're a kid.
2: I, I can't. I can't really make a day out of shooting hoops and <laughs> collecting debts and going to the movies right. or just fucking around in my front yard, <laughs> much as I might want to. So we're in the kitchen now, and Ward and June is talking about. Or they're talking about the Mary Ellen Rogers saga. 'Cause Wally is on the phone. She's it's, fake. Yeah, it's not happening. This is She's this not is real. problematic. But Wally is is at least pretending yep. to be on the phone with her and explaining why he's not talking
1: to her. Right. And then Ward again tells June what a great job Andy is doing painting the house. And June goes, well, he went home early today.
2: Yeah, fuck you.
1: <laughs> they are. Andy is really driving a wedge. Oh, is he doing well? Let me call him in here. Oh, wait, he's gone. Oh, wait, he, he went home. I'm not going to say oh. I told you so because you're saying it to yourself in your head. Maybe
2: I can go say goodbye to the alcoholic cloud that he left behind. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So they're debating whether or not to tell the boys about Andy's drinking. And Ward says, he's such a hero to Beaver. I hate yeah. to disillusion him without any yeah, reason. how about that? Yeah.
2: That's really fucked up.
1: Yeah. So the Beave comes home from school and announces he's going over to play at Larry's, which I'm just like, I can't imagine a child named Larry. It's My brother's name is me. Larry. Like they called him Larry when he was five.
2: What were they supposed to call him?
1: I don't know. Lawrence.
0: The point is is he's not a child now, so we still don't know any children named Larry.
2: I used to. I swear he was a child once.
1: Like can you imagine a little a little well, Brenda's not a good example, but like Beulah.
2: Beulah's the one I always go to. I'm like, how is Beulah ever a young child? Or maybe, even like grandmother's m- name.
1: Mildred, like could call her Millie. Anyway, this has been Nicknames Corner. Um, <laughs> Names. What's that about? <laughs> how the hell do they, on, they work? I'm doing a theme song. Names how the hell do they work nicknames <laughs> <laughs> so larry uh, larry and and the beaver are going to spend the afternoon together and and so june has this to This is go. the scene
2: where they like explain this whole like some about a dance recital, and i watched it over and over again i was like i
1: can't I, it, I think it's just supposed care. to be a one-off joke okay. because it's leading up to the punchline they don't let people on broadway who've got braces on their teeth which is a Man. solid joke to spend five minutes working up to i guess no
2: it's my not. brain rejected this <laughs> it's just i i don't remember anything about braces i don't remember any of it
1: the setup is that nope. he's going I'm over gonna, to larry's i'm not gonna be
2: able to do it and
1: june cleaver has to go pick up her husband from work because apparently his carpool buddy had to bring his kid to a dance recital. For some reason, uh, they've done this very convoluted joke to set up the fact that June is leaving Beaver alone at home. Mm. He's the only person there while Andy is there, but she does it because she thinks he's going over to Larry's. Yeah, She would not have left him alone oh, no, no, no. with Andy painting the house. Not
2: without a gun. <laughs> uh, Beaver starts, there's a bit where Beaver cleans up poorly for about five hours. Yeah, he, It really yeah. is like, I'll put the milk bottle away even though it's empty. Now I'm blowing the cake into the sink. All right, man.
1: Now and I'm gonna put this dirty plate in a drawer and this dirty glass in the refrigerator. Well, kitchen's clean.
2: And we are, man. The music is really like hitting you over the head. There's a lot of a...
1: Wow, wow. Yeah. So, if you remember last time we saw Andy, he was in nice, harmless guy mode, talking about. You know, the flames that froze and all these. Just listen to your mother. Well, welcome to Andy back in full-on creep mode and now sporting hey, a 5 o'clock shadow. He knocks on the this door. The
2: true sign of a drunken man <laughs> in the 50s and 60s. He knocks
1: on the door. His eyes are narrowed to slits. Mm-hmm. And the beeve answers the door and he says, I'm a little shaky out there.
2: i a little trouble, Beaver. I'm a little shaky.
1: And I'm like, if he stabbed this kid right now, I would just shake my head and be like, be yep, like, saw that coming. Yeah. But instead, what he does is say, are you alone, Beaver? And then barge right in.
2: It's real fucked up. So yeah. he's like, I'm feeling a little shaky, Beaver. And Beaver says, I got shaky once in the school play because I had to hug a girl. Yeah. Stab, stab, stab.
1: Yeah. So Also,
2: it sounds like Beaver's got uh, puberty up on the horizon, or as his parents will explain it, troubles.
1: Yeah, you got troubles. <laughs> um, so- Andy looks at the beeve with big, sad eyes and audibly gulps about 50 times. The
2: fucking mouth noises I, in this. I wanted to feel so I wanted free. to throw
1: punch him so badly. I was like, if you gulp that loudly one more time.
2: I genuinely love anybody who's got my first name because it's super easy to remember. But Jesus, this thing. No. No. It's lots of gulps and so lippy many gulps. smacks. It's
1: just so fucking
2: terrible. And then
1: he says, somehow he finds time in the middle of all this gulping to say, <laughs> I hate to ask you this, but I wonder if you can get me a drink. And the Beeb obviously hands him some water because that's, you know, yeah. you wor- the yard work. typical yard work drink is water. Maybe some <laughs> <it's> a lemonade.
2: <laughs> Maybe. Well, the next up when he's like, I, I could use something with the- a... <laughs>
1: I have to ruin it because i can't let you do that to our listeners he offers him a honolulu punch which i wonder if that's the original name for hawaii i think it punch. was back
2: when we had more than one brand of everything
1: uh and andy clarifies he needs booze son delicious booze dad, or he can't finish painting the trim you see
2: do you happen to have any does your dad have any whiskey around and Beeves
1: like nope <laughs> yeah, we don't have any biscuit. I got brandy, though. And he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's a,
2: oh, it's so close. It's perfect. Oh, you little shit. You've been holding out on. He's
1: like, yeah, my dad uses it at Christmas. He pours it on cake. And Andy goes, yep, I'll just take that right back outside with me. Thank you so like, much. You
2: want a cake? And he's like, no. <laughs> get out of my way, you little shit!
1: If I know anything about Beaver, he's going to repeat this entire exchange to his parents verbatim as mm. soon as he sees them again. Uh,
2: he should have, but he does not. He uh, is now
1: a tiny enabler.
2: They, I know what they mean to do with this scene, and I really wanted to be sympathetic. But the mouth noises took me out of it. And Beaver's yeah, just cloying. Yeah, we're supposed to
1: see this guy ha- like at his lowest point, yeah. just having to ask a kid to get booze for him, yeah. and I—it's just—but it just doesn't breed sympathy. Or contempt. It doesn't... It just kind of skeeves me out.
2: It breeds shrugs.
1: Yeah. So, the next thing we know... Andy is calling in sick to work. Mm -hmm. And Ward's all, don't worry about it. You don't owe me any kind of explanation. I'm just sitting here with a half-painted house, no brandy, and a corrupted kid. (laughs) Carry on with
2: your binge. Oh, P.S. My wife gets to be a solid bitch
1: now. (laughs) (laughs) You don't owe me anything. Not at all. Best friends forever. Uh, You've given
2: me the gift of a miserable life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's worse than that because when Ward comes home, Andy is so drunk that he has to ask Ward to drive him home. And then once Ward gets home, Andy calls and he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I apologize. I'm so sorry. And he's like, yeah, man, that's fucked up. And he's also really worried about what Beaver thinks about him.
1: So the whole fam, Wally included, uh, because Wally's in on this now, Mm -hmm. is glad that the Beave wasn't around to see this. They agree not to tell him that Andy won't be back because he's a drunk and Ward's like, you were right. I shouldn't have hired him. And June's like, yeah, I thought so. And kind of, and then she looks at him like, well, I better go start supper.
2: I wrote here, June is as smug as a bug in the rug that told you <laughs> she was going to be comfortable in that rug, but you didn't believe her. And now look You were at like, now. no,
1: I'm going to do it my way. And she was like, ma we'll see how long that lasts. Oh, three days went on longer <laughs> than I thought it would. Oh, wow, mm-hmm. that's nice. Wow. Hmm. Took him uh, longer than I thought it would, and he disappointed our kid in the bargain. So this got even better. I don't
2: know where it says in the Bible award, but I believe that I'm the man of the family now. <laughs> Wally wants to make up a, a whole story about Andy tripping on a log. By the way, which I find charming and stupid. Y- yeah, uh, charming and stupid. By the way, this all is throughout thing, this.
1: Yes, this is the thing about Wally that he has. While well, he hasn't yet figured out the hallmark of. Effective lying is to keep most of the truth Mm. and just change a few of the details. He
2: makes a whole story. He wants
1: to make a whole hospital. Yeah. He had to have an operation and then he got married to a pirate queen and they went, you know, like he was just going on. His parents were like, just, just, just don't say anything. Yeah,
2: but just shut up. How about you just keep your mouth shut?
1: The beaver comes home looking for Andy and some more sweet, sweet war stories. <laughs> and his parents tell him that Andy won't be back. And his beaver bullshit meter goes off. He's like, there's something wrong here and you won't tell me what it yeah, is. He
2: tells him, he's like, why aren't you telling me things? They're like, hey, nothing. Dinner's ready. Uh, just, let's go. Look over there. Oh, it's shiny. What's a shiny quarter. Mom and dad, why do you have... Flops what? Uh, no reason, kid. You, you gotta go upstairs now.
1: The beeve is not satisfied with his parents' shifty-eyed explanation. No. And he uses the age-old strategy of asking your older siblings to tell you what your parents won't.
2: Unfortunately, his older sibling is Wally.
1: <laughs> Wally promises, he was like, I promised I wouldn't say much about it. And Beaver goes, so just tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, solid. And, and Wally says, well, Andy fell off a ladder. And I That's, wrote, I think you mean the wagon. I
2: think he means the wagon. But it, there were so no, many... But no, but he
1: wanted to start... He wanted to tell a whole story about how Andy fell off the ladder and oh. had to have an operation. And like that was his whole lie that he came up with. But I think he did fall off a ladder. I think he actually fell off a ladder because he was drunk. Because then the beaver goes, why would he fall off a ladder? He was a sailor. He climbed masts. He Why would a man like that fall off a ladder? Uh-huh. And then he has to admit, oh, because he was drunk. So yeah. I think that part's true. I think he fell off a ladder because he was drunk. Oh, okay. Although...
2: I could have oh. done better with that.
1: Yeah, so Wally spills the beans. They could have shown us
2: that, to be honest with you. <laughs> right, it's true. It would have been a
1: hilarious
2: It was 1960, you did not have to hire a stuntman. <laughs> you just pushed that man <laughs> to the ground.
1: <laughs> Although we need him for later because he, this particular actor, in a trope that I feel like never gets done anymore, this actor comes back in two... Subsequent episodes as two different teachers. Yes, nobody does
2: that anymore at the school. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. So
1: Wally. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, no. Maybe we need to watch those and see if it's maybe he's he just you know cleans up his act, started his whole new life. No,
1: they're two different character and names. He's
2: like, I don't, I don't know you, but Beaver.
1: Young Theodore. Beaver, do you have any uh, brandy? Uh, <laughs> and then Beaver puts together. Well, he asks. He says, "Oh, he doesn't say this, but his face goes." oh shit, is Brandy like whiskey? He says
2: that. He's like, is Brandy doesn't say, like oh, whiskey? He does say, oh shit. He does say, oh shit.
1: Oh, he does say, oh you shit. You must have
2: missed that part. Right. He's like, fucking shit, <laughs> Wally.
1: <laughs> oh, Christ, Wally. Oh, fuck on the fuck. <laughs> is Brandy like whiskey? And Wally goes, yeah, stop asking questions. You dumb shithead. So now we're approaching the inmost cave. It's the dinner table. Again, we're all- Everyone's the pro- cussing. Every- problems get worked out. And the secret is out. And the beeve lets uh, his parents know that he knows the truth. And yep. he, by saying, well, it's too bad about Andy drinking and falling off the ladder.
2: Well, it's a weird, there's a weird mood over the table. And I love the fact that, that in these older episodes, there are ways that you know something's wrong, which don't mean anything now. Uh, it's solemn. And dad's like... Oh, it's a fun, fine dinner. Uh, June, you've made a delightful meal. he's like, yeah, mom is real nice. But Beaver doesn't say anything. But he must compliment his mother's food or the family will crumble.
1: Right. And June's just sitting there like...
2: Everybody's staring yeah, at him. Yeah, you
1: can compliment my dinner as much as you want. We all know that you're just buttering me up because I was right about the drunk you hired to paint the house. And now the house is half painted and our kids what's have been got,
2: corrupted. What's, got, what's Beaver got to do with that? M- mom just wants fucking sweet compliments.
1: I think there's a bit of... Uh, Soothing going on, or I like understand. pasting over going oh, on Oh, Wally here.
2: does start it, sure. Or Ward.
1: Ward says, yeah, Beaver, it certainly is too bad about Andy. Ward is dumb enough to believe that Andy was stone cold sober until, quote, somebody sold him that first drink today and got him started. What is this? He, tr- I think he truly believes when Andy said... I haven't had a drink in five or six months that that's true. When obviously we know it's not because he had a mostly drunk bottle of whiskey in his back pocket the day after he got hired.
2: That's fine. He can think whatever he wants. But to think that it's like somebody who saw that guy come in should have known better than to sell him a drink when he pays for it.
1: But also... Of course, because of the way he phrases it, Mm. Beaver immediately internalizes what happened to Andy as his fault. And to the show's credit, he fesses up immediately and doesn't let this guilt fester for, oh, 10 or 20 years. He's just like, 10
2: or 20 seconds.
1: He's like, yeah, so it wasn't, no one sold him the drink. I gave him the brandy. Uh, and Ward immediately is basically like, you terrible little kid. Beaver, don't Don't, you know that's the worst thing you could do? That's the worst thing you could do. As though now this child is responsible for this grown man's sobriety.
2: And Beaver says, gee, dad, how in the fuck could I possibly (laughs) know one?
1: Again, to his credit, Beaver's like, um, how did I, how could I have known not to give this dude alcohol when you never told me what yeah. was
2: going on? Maybe you and mom's fucking enigma machine approach <laughs> right. to fucking parenting is a bullshit.
1: And while he backs him up, he, he's like, uh, yeah, you you never told us what was going on. I'm in high school and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And this would also be a great time for Wally to bring up the whiskey bottle they found in the bushes, but he doesn't bother to do that. But so he's basically like, yeah, I I didn't know not to give a drunk alcohol because I didn't know anything about it. So now we're, we've reached the Supreme ordeal. I guess it is very unclear to me. It's an
2: unpleasant journey we're on. Is it
1: Ward's? Ward's the person that seems to learn something actually here. So I guess we're on Ward's journey. I don't know. Whatever. If we are, then here's the Supreme Ordeal. It's the moment where Ward has to wrestle with the shadow of parenting, basically, because he thought he knew how to handle the situation. Now he's realized he hasn't handled
2: it well. And he admits it to his credit. He's like, whoops, we fucked up.
1: Yeah. Uh, he says, we can't ever really protect anyone by hiding the truth from them. I'm sure if you'd known the situation, you could have handled it when it came up, boy. I'm Which, even... again, no, no. This child's not yeah, responsible. He is not. For handling a grown
2: man's sobriety. It's like, I was with you. I was with the award about, you know, telling kids the truth. Right. And then when you're like, so that you can handle all of the things. It's like, no, you no. lost it. Again,
1: uh, no one goes, I'm sorry, that man came in the house knowing you were here alone. That That's yeah. the moment for June to be like, excuse me, explain to me exactly how you. this conversation happened. What else
2: happened? happened? No, yeah. I'm not talking about that.
1: Nope.
2: Beaver says, I know what to do when I know stuff. Fine. And I don't know if you caught this. It's a wonderful moment that couldn't be more in keeping with our podcast. Wally says, heck yeah. You and mom shouldn't be a scared to tell us things.
1: Yes, I heard a scared. I a heard scared. a scared. A scared. And then he says, Somebody's tell it. got to tell a guy about all the bad junk in the world. And Ward responds, well, Wally, I hope it's always your mom and I who are the guys to do it. Because you've handled this so fucking well.
2: We'll tell you about all of the things in this sick society. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then you won't be able to have us as your scapegoats <laughs> when you're older.
2: Oh, no, now I'm scared. <laughs> we can make a play out of all these shitty lines. Great. Yeah, and then everything's just wrapped up the in the
1: times a- they are scapegoats.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh.
0: So,
2: yeah, that's it. Everything's fucking wrapped up in a 1960s bow. Which oh, is that's meh. not
1: quite it. Because we have a bit of a, a quick third act. Oh,
2: yeah. I mean, as far as the family and the whole yeah. major plot's concerned, we Definitely
1: do the Definitely, we get the cute music is back, and we're back to dinner, and order is restored. We and can
2: assume that Beaver immediately says, this food is the best food I've ever had, yeah. Mom.
1: So then we actually have a quick act three. The road back, dark forces have been stirred up by claiming the sword. Mm. So the beeve is out on the sidewalk in front of the house the no, next I'm sorry. day.
2: He is. We have a quick scene where Wally says... Ah, uh, you gotta pay me to pay, finish painting, see? And June's like, no. Did you not see this? No. Okay, it was just a quick scene where uh, it's basically like Wally says, Ah, you should pay me to paint the rest of the house, and she's like, You should just want to do it because it's your house too. And he's like, Bah, I don't, I don't mind that it's not painted.
1: <laughs> nope, missed that.
2: And then she's like, Where's Beaver? And and. And Wally says he's out and playing in mud. And then we click to a road construction scene where technically there's mud.
1: Didn't get any of that. Just got the beef sitting on the sidewalk in front of the house, scraping mud off his shoes.
2: He's no, he's, he's legit on a construction site. (laughs) (laughs) He's like kicking around on a construction site, singing Clementine. Yeah, he loves that song, man.
1: Loves that song. He's sitting on the sidewalk in front of the house, scraping mud off his shoes when uh, Andy strolls over. Like a vampire, honestly. So creepy. And yes. Beaver says, "Are you feeling better?" And Andy confirms, "Yeah, I'm feeling better." And then he sits down to talk to him, very close. Mm-hmm. And we establish that it's just the next day since he fell off the ladder. He fell off a ladder. I really don't. He think looks he, great.
2: I don't think he actually fell off a ladder. Uh-huh. I think he fell off a ladder might be a phrase that. Is I don't know. I just don't. I don't. I don't think he. He maybe he said I fell off a ladder, or maybe that was. Wally's. I gotta go home. I, you um, know what? We've discussed this more than so, the so writers much more than the writers did. Any of this episode.
1: So Andy asks Beaver if his parents found out that it was the Beave who helped me out yesterday. Thank you
2: for helping me. And yesterday. he confirms.
1: So then Andy launches into this real sad soliloquy. That's kind of like. So he's known this kid, what, three or four days? And well, so, but he
2: did give myself a dollar He once.
1: did, but he... But three they, or four they days, yeah. Three or four days. And so he launches into the soliloquy that includes the lines, Beaver, I've been hurting people all my life. Oof. Still don't know why I do it. Yeah. A fella can't hurt the ones who don't care. He can only just hurt the ones who love him. An empty life and an empty bottle go together.
2: I feel like Beaver should have been like,
1: uh, love. Yeah, he's just <laughs> like, nah. oh, Beaver... You mean so much to me. I want to be the man you think I am. And Beavers sort of like, we don't really know each other. I also
2: don't think. <laughs> so He talks about could. how all the
1: cops just think of him as a bum and all these kinds of things. And he
2: can't hurt people that don't care about him. And
1: then at the end, he says, tell your father I'll be back tomorrow and I'll finish up that nope. trim. <laughs> no, no. Your services are no longer needed. I believe
2: you mean warn your father that I'll be back <laughs> tomorrow to finish up that trim. And you won't. This is awful. It's, it's nice that the central message of this, because that's the end, yeah. is <laughs> threatening to menace the child further. The end. Uh, it's nice that they get to a place where they're like, hey, we should talk about things that are uncomfortable or taboo to talk about. Great. Great news. But this is the saddest sack since
1: yeah, and also, like, what? sacks were invented. This seems to have nothing to do with anything. Because other than them just wanting to, like, mine this character for some real poignancy at the end, or, mm-hmm. like, maybe it's a sh- it's like a bit of a scared straight type of a thing for the kid. Like, look how sad and empty your life will be if you become an alcoholic. But if this is Ward's journey, which it seems to have to have been. I mean, I
2: guess, yeah. Then what?
1: Ward's not here. He's not hearing any of this. I don't, it doesn't I don't seem think to matter. They,
2: they don't lock down on the hero's journey yeah, very and, well in these older, older episodes.
1: And it just kind of... I don't understand what I'm supposed to get out of this because if the idea is like you got it, because Ward says at some point earlier in the episode he says we the least we can do is give him a chance to help himself. Yeah, but that backfired spectacularly because you got your kid now sort of like very briefly feeling like he caused this man to get hurt and having to deal with these guilty feelings. And also your fucking house is half painted. So it didn't really help that you invested your energy and your time and your hopes in this man. And so if the point is to like, talk about how everybody needs a second chance, then mm. this little thing at the end with him being like, I'm a bum, I'll always be a bum. I only hurt the people that care about me. It's like, what am I and supposed to... And you love to?
2: me, Beaver. You love me. As a
1: viewer, what am I supposed to take away from this? Here's
2: the thing. I think that when you when you look back at storytelling, there have been three major eras of story types. There was the, the ancient man versus man, man versus nature. What are you about to say?
1: Good, bad, and indifferent storytelling? <laughs> Pretty much.
2: I mean, it's worked out that way, but I mean... I mean we got, yeah, you know, man versus man, man versus self man versus this, that, the other. I think that the story that they're telling with Leave It to Beaver is man versus a less than perfect life. And so things like wander in and it's
1: they're quickly shoot back out. Yeah,
2: pretty much the only purpose is we have to get back to zero.
1: Well that's I mean, that is what the entire hero's journey is. I understand, like but, but stasis not- disruption stasis.
2: It's, but it's more of a direct line rather than a, a circle of any kind. It is, thing is bad. Get rid of thing. Thing is good.
1: And also, we have a very narrow definition of what things are bad and what things are good. Yeah. Which is why this actually feels kind of muddy. Because if he were...
2: Well, it's specifically the family. That's why it's not... They're, nobody's learning a lesson. They're just trying to get back to, we have a perfect life. Something comes to threaten our perfect life. We have to get back... We... we Genuinely regress back to when that thing wasn't there, right? So it's it's not satisfying.
1: So that's the end of the episode,
2: guys. I'm real nervous to to do my first ever non-jazz research.
1: No, uh, just... I believe in you. Uh, I, the the best thing I can do for you is help you to help. Yourself, research-wise.
2: Chelsea, do you, do you think that Miles has a bottle or
1: something? <laughs> I know he does. <laughs> I
2: also saw them all when I came <laughs> in. So. Do you have any Honolulu punch?
1: No, we oh, have some. Ah, I got
2: the shakes. <laughs> I got, got the, the re- Honolulu shakes. I got the research shakes. <laughs> oh, I'm glad this is personal. Honolulu
1: shakes is the name of my new band.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, take that, the Alabama shakes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we're way cooler than you.
2: You just do Alabama Shake songs. With <laughs> On a ukulele. ukulele. <laughs> yeah. TM,
1: absolutely. TM, TM. Nobody take yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Guess what, Chelsea?
2: What's that? Uh, June, the month of June, yeah. is Post Traumatic Stress Disorder Awareness Month.
1: Oh my goodness. Great timing.
2: Fantastic. I couldn't have planned it better by not planning it at all. <laughs> Uh, so, let's talk a little about the history of PTSD. I'm, I'm, I don't have much to say other than it took forever for humanity to figure out what PTSD was. Mm-hmm. Since ancient Greek literature, there have been talk about it. It's worked its way into poetry and especially the, the War of 1812. But it wasn't until... 1800s and 1900s, when they started attributing something to soldiers' PTSD, and they called it fun things like battle exhaustion, mm. soldiers' fatigue, mm-hmm. and shell shock. My like battle
1: exhaustion is kind of what I have when we finish recording an episode of this podcast.
2: Every climbing upstairs gives me battle <laughs> exhaustion. In the 1900s. They start discovering that PTSD comes from other areas, but they start misattributing it to things. Mm -hmm. So everybody understands that certain traumas lead to certain symptoms, but for an example, they used to think that people who went through train accidents Mm -hmm. who had PTSD based on that, they used to think that it was a physical injury causing a neurological problem. Oh, interesting. And not the fact that they'd been through a horrendous event. Right. And they gave it the fun nickname, Railway Spine. Wow. Because you were supposed to have hurt your spine in a way that messes up your brain, and now you you feel nervous all the time. Interesting. So it's been a rough journey until 1980. Yeah, it sounds
1: like they didn't connect all those separate things. They didn't at
2: all. And again, uh, 1950, they started treating soldier PTSD, but the stigma kept a lot of people from you know, mm-hmm. doing anything and then 70s and Vietnam really brought it to the forefront and in starting to look at it they realized oh you know what rape victims and PTSD from war victims they all share the same mm-hmm. symptoms you can get PTSD from any of these traumatic events we should start looking at this yeah um, and
1: the post vietnam era is mm-hmm. also in in fiction and entertainment when you start getting this caricature type of like the burned-out Vietnam yeah. vet that's still wearing his army jacket and muttering to himself and Thousand walking around stare. on the street. Exactly. Yeah. Now, obviously, there were plenty of people who had PTSD after World War II, or mm. but you you don't see that character types are showing up until after Vietnam.
2: For sure, and and that doesn't mean that it that certainly doesn't mean it didn't exist. No, it's I'm just, just saying those, like society no, was prepared saying saying to that. kind
1: of like attribute that to war.
2: So understand, and if if you can muster up the empathy, there are people wandering around completely destroyed and just having to carry on with life because it was seen their feelings were seen as a weakness right
1: i mean it happens a lot to lots of people profession-based a lot of emts and first Mm -hmm. responders have ptsd because they show up at the worst possible moments you know like just after a disaster and you can't be in that kind of a situation over and over again every day and not have it affect you long term 100 percent
0: I'm a big fan of documentaries, and Netflix has a series called Medal of Honor, Hmm. which each episode follows the trajectory of a a soldier who has been awarded the Medal of Honor and tells their story. The series is absolutely phenomenal, and one of the soldiers that they featured brings up the point, if post-traumatic stress can happen to anybody, that it's actually not. I, I don't know about this. I'm not... So, I'm kind of just putting it out there uh, as he is someone who suffers from this. Mm-hmm. If it can happen to everybody, then it's not a disorder. And so, he is of the mind that we should call this PTS, just post traumatic stress. Sure. This, this can happen to anybody, no matter how strong you are. I don't know. I just, I, I thought, I just, a, wanted, I just wanted to throw that out there. No, it's,
2: that a, solid there. Point. it's that a solid point. This is a very point. solid point. Obviously, uh, a response to traumatic experiences and to PTSD is self medicating for coping uh, reasons. Uh, Which can be booze, cigarettes, drugs, eating disorders, or other types of self harm. But we do see it manifest, you know, in the most acceptable form of deadening your emotions. We do find it in the most common form, the most legal form uh, is alcohol. And alcohol abuse.
1: Yes, or any sort of substance abuse. For that, sure. Uh, as I mentioned before, alcohol abuse and alcohol dependency were seen in the early days of TV, including this, this the time period of this episode, uh, for the most part, as f- comic fodder. Mm-hmm. But now the pendulum has swung completely the other way on TV. And to quote that same Atlantic article... The noble recovering alcoholic protagonist has become a cliche unto itself. The article talks about Mad Men as a major, a lot of the characters on Mad Men are alcohol dependent and have various things happen to them, mostly to do with their repercussions in their professional lives, but also their family lives. However, it says also that for all the credit the TV dramas deserve, there's a disappointing gender imbalance in their depictions of alcohol abuse. Though real-life female alcoholics have alcohol-related death rates 50 to 100% higher than those of male alcoholics, Mm -hmm. the primary alcoholic characters of TV drama are all men. Female characters who routinely abuse alcohol, like Will and Grace's Karen Walker or Arrested Development's Lucille Bluth, are still played for laughs. For sure. So if it's a woman drunk, it's still funny. With a single exception, and I know you'll appreciate this because it's a show we both dearly loved. Yeah. There are innumerable things to praise about NBC's community, but oh, its raw, yeah. surprisingly moving treatment of Shirley's past alcohol abuse in seasons two mixology certification ranks very high.
2: It's amazing. The The whole point of that episode is it's hilarious that she used to be a drunk. And it's like, whoa, she's almost being made fun of, you know, these pictures of her being drunk around. But yeah, it really has a poignant ending to it. Check it out.
1: We were both big, big community fans. Mm -hmm. Perhaps the most troubling thing of all, according to this article, are recent studies that claim showing alcohol in film or television has an immediate measurable effect on the amount the viewers will drink. So it's the same sort of like dose response ratio that we see with smoking, Mm -hmm. where even if you make alcohol seem dangerous, people are still like... I feel like I should have a drink about this.
2: So I'd like to end this on reminding people that June is PTSD Awareness Month. If you're someone who suffers with trauma or PTSD due to trauma, uh, and if you're having trouble with substance abuse, we encourage you to reach out. There is the SAMHSA, is Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. You can check out their website, which we'll link to. They also have a hotline, 1-800-622-HELP the information will be available on our website, but also, yeah, if you are, are struggling with this or struggling with the stigmata, stigmata, if you're struggling wow. with stigma, if you're Jesus
1: you're, and you're struggling with Jesus,
2: your stigma. we all saw you turn water into wine. Come on, bro. <laughs> Step out of the shadows. Uh, if you're studying, if you're struggling with the stigma attached to PTSD, then I, I recommend you, you keep trying to get help, uh, you know, reach out to your friends, you are somebody who knows somebody who might have these symptoms, reach out to them. Just be available. Uh, And if you are suffering, uh, don't give up.
1: Yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong with seeking help. There's nothing wrong with needing to talk to a professional about something that's on your mind. We as a society are getting much better at erasing the stigma Mm. around seeking help for people of all along the gender binary. And so uh, I would second Andy's encouragement that if you feel like you are... Alone, you're not,
2: Chelsea. I feel like we just said it, but what did we learn from? Well, what did we learn from this episode?
1: I guess if you know a person is like a certified drunk that bails on things, maybe don't hire that person to paint your house.
2: Maybe, maybe. I will say that what I learned is, uh, yeah, it seems like this has been a huge problem for forever, and um. I mean, I learned, I, despite the episode, I learned what we all learned here.
1: Yeah, I don't think they do a very good job with this at all. But I will say at a time when other people were playing alcohol dependency for laughs, leave it to be for didn't. So yeah. kudos to them for giving this guy an ounce of pathos.
2: How about that? And who do you want to hug? June. Mm. I
1: really like her. She's really just much more of a sarcastic kind of dry badass than I thought she was. I don't,
2: I don't think I want to hug anybody.
1: Oh! <gasps> Oh my god, has that ever happened before? This
2: never happened before What do we do?
1: Then we have a pet
2: No We hug you No um, That's weird It was it a was really a, It was mild, a good thought, a miles. Very good thoughts But, you know, fucking stay out of the creatives
0: <laughs> I mean, not without your consent
2: Fair enough Uh, So what? Can I just decline can you, to hug? Can you, cl-
1: can you hug Mary Ellen Rogers?
2: You know what? Yeah, Mary Ellen Rogers <laughs> I'm gonna do a classic Andy <laughs> hug Where I hug you and say Run girl <laughs> You deserve better So there we go, we figured it out
1: Just so you know, in case you were wondering about this If you don't listen to Podcasts on your phone I don't know why anyone doesn't But we do have all of these episodes Full audio on our website Which is huggingandlearning.com You can see links to all the articles We talked about, you can listen to the full audio Of every episode If we have a picture of a guest, that'll be up there
2: So we suggest checking out our website Why don't you do that You're on the computer right now.
1: You're always on the internet. Just go to (laughs) huggingandlearning.com.
2: We are just saying go visit one specific corner. A well-lit corner. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you very much for uh, listening in, folks. And we'll talk to you next time.
1: Bring snacks. Bye. Bye.